0: You are on trend with the Alumni Trending Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford, and throughout my career in higher education, my mission has been to connect alumni to what they love most about their alma mater and to activate them in ways that support the aspirations of the institutions I have served. As advancement professionals, we are leading a movement a mobilization of alumni in support of education for a lifetime. On this podcast, you will hear the voices leading our profession, advancing our institutions, and keeping higher education strong around the world. You are going to learn and be inspired by the passion and purpose driving these advancement professionals right here on Alumni Trending. What's up, trendsetters? Welcome to the Alumni Trending Podcast. Today, I am joined by the Associate Vice Chancellor for Advancement and Executive Director of the University of Missouri Alumni Association, Todd McCubbin. Todd, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Paul, it's great to join you. Uh, Thanks for asking me to be here today.
0: Absolutely, Todd. You've made a, a career in higher education, and especially in alumni association management. Walk us through the various steps of your career.
1: Well, it's pretty simple because I'm sitting about uh, probably about 20 feet away from the first cubicle that I ever had here at the Mizzou Alumni Association uh, 26 years ago, almost 26 years ago. And so I uh, never intended on being an alumni relations professional. It's definitely been the greatest career I never knew existed. Um, As I finished up my master's degree here at Mizzou, I was studying uh, to be really an athletic administrator. I was hoping to go into athletics and and make my um, my, my career in that field. And uh, as I was graduating, there were some jobs in athletics that were open. Uh, I wanted to stay close. My uh, fiance at the time had just got into physical therapy school, and so I wanted to stay close to Mizzou while she finished that up. And there was a job in the Alumni Association that I was re- kind of recruited to, to apply for, or asked to apply for by the former executive director here, and um, didn't know much about it, probably was the worst interview in Alumni Association history here at Mizzou. But fortunately, uh, when I kind of compared everything, it was the best opportunity for me. And so I started as a coordinator of alumni relations in May of 1995, and I never left. I've kind of worked my way up through the various programming areas here at the Mizzou Alumni Association. And fortunately, um, back in uh, and. And uh, four, uh, our executive director left, and uh, I was able to uh, to compete and get this job, and I've had it ever since. Work with a great team at a great university, at my university, and it's been a thrill of a lifetime.
0: Todd, as you reflect on your career, what has changed the most? What are some of the things that stand out to you as how our profession has progressed, how our approaches have, have changed?
1: Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. It's funny. Um, I, I guess I remember when we were having conversations at the national level uh, with CAE in different places, even in case we were kind of having the argument if we even were a profession at one time. Right. And so now uh, to think back at those conversations and to see how much we've come along and evolved as as a profession, as it relates to advancement, higher education, and everything that that's really been pretty cool to see. Uh, because I can tell you, I was the, I think, the ninth employee here at at Mizzou and our alumni shop, and now we're we're well up over thirty. And um, I think just the specialization in terms of how we do things, uh, the technology piece has been a, a big piece in terms of how many people we're able to reach. How many alums are able to communicate with at once, or come to different events? Uh, That you know, it's just become a lot more complex. But at the same time, it's a relationship business, so it's very simple from that perspective. But the tools and the uh, the ways we're able to create and really kind of uh, enhance those relationships and, and steward those relationships certainly have changed a lot in the time that I've been
0: here. You know, regardless of how we have advanced as a profession, there's nothing really that could have prepared us for COVID-19 and how we've had to handle the past now 10 months. Talk a little bit about your approach to alumni engagement through COVID-19, uh, how your team has responded and and some of the, the shifts in your programming to keep Mizzou alumni connected.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, this is one that I know that uh, we've all uh, really with any organization business uh, around the world has had to deal with, right, in terms of how things have shifted for us. Um, you know, we were popping along, uh, having a really Strong fiscal year, doing well. Programs are going well. Staff was in a great place, and of course, then everything kind of comes to a stop in mid March. and And I'll just say that it really kind of threw me for a loop uh, in terms of uh, professionally. You just get into a groove, right? You feel like you're in a good place, and you're heading the right direction, and you've got things coming up. And then to kind of stop, and then you're disconnected from your team. We're very fortunate here um, that we have a really strong team culture. We've had one for a long time. We've got a lot of folks that have been on our team for a while, and. And but a lot of that culture is built on the fact that we're we're together every day. We're we're located in the same place and we're able to work together. So to be uh, spread out and, and working from home was tough. To get used to the whole Zoom environment and the virtual environment was tough. And really, about a month into that, you know, we we ha- after a few leadership teams where we we really kind of struggled to figure out what the next steps were. And that's probably fair looking back at it. Um, we really just kind of reset uh, everything from a a focus perspective and, and went to our team at the next, uh, our all staff meeting and, and said, okay, so I know everyone's world's kind of been tossed up both personally and professionally What's what's going on. Um, but everyone's has, so, you know, we're going to, we're going to live through it. We, we, we set out a, a kind of a plan to focus on cohesion and innovation at that point and really talked about building community and resilience, um, you know, managing our resources carefully in terms of how that looked and felt at that point. Um, we, we wanted to communicate really frequently and intentionally with each other, but also with our alumni. And then, you know, the last one that probably had a lot, a lot of people uh, breathe a little bit easier was when I just said, we're going to extend a lot of grace to each other, uh, to certainly for our alums. And I think that's going to be extended our way to our board members and such. And, and so that really kind of became a framework in terms of how we marched forward with all the, the words that we're used to saying now, pivot, and reimagining, and all those sort of things. And that helped us a bunch. And from there we were able to, you know, celebrate a, a graduating class without a normal ceremony and our normal traditions here we have on campus and, and go into kind of an annual giving approach with our annual giving team on a uh, tiger sport tigers and membership and how that worked out. And, um, you know, that extended into the fall and how we met with our board and such. So, it really was important for us to reset and then kind of get into a, a new rhythm on how we were going to work together and, and move our, our, our agenda forward. And so that's how we approached it. And I know I leaned on a lot of our colleagues across the country to kind of help us through that as well. And and that was really um, heartening to have so much help.
0: So Mizzou is a proud member of the Southeast Conference uh, I would flip on the television from time to time and I would catch some of your football games. And as, as people know, there were, uh, there were fans in attendance at SEC football games this year. Did you and your team feel pressure to provide any level of programming um, and, and alumni engagement that was face-to-face because alumni were gathering face-to-face for, for football and for other activities like that?
1: You know, what? we really we did not. Uh, We did not. We didn't have a lot of pressure from our alums or board um, internally or with the university. We did not. Um, uh, I think that uh, at least from what I know, from the Mizzou perspective, they did a really good job with um, safety at the games, even though we did have fans. You know, we certainly had folks that weren't interested in coming to be a part of that or didn't want to set that out this year. But um, we did not have any pressure to do it. And we really did very little around that. Uh, From a programming perspective, um, this year, I think people were just very uh, thankful we had football. I think you guys probably felt the same way when the Big Ten uh, kicked off a little bit later. It was just nice to have that distraction on the weekend and and to see your team play, even though it wasn't the same. And I can tell you, going to games and even having the you know fifteen sixteen thousand fans in the stands, it still wasn't the same. And um, uh, you didn't get to see if there weren't tailgates before the game. Uh, it was, uh, it was a different experience, but it certainly was a distraction that was welcomed. But uh, from a program perspective, we didn't, um, we didn't do much this year with football.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely a welcome distraction. Even for those of us, uh, our program got off to a slow start, uh, historically slow start. We lost our first five games of the season, but, um, I think people were more forgiving. You know, you said you used the word uh, earlier, you used the word grace. And I think people were uh, willing to extend that because of the distraction and because of how grateful people were just to have football, even if they weren't performing uh, at the level that we had hoped they would this year. Todd, as you think about moving forward, you talked about your strong team culture. What are some things that you have learned through – the covid nineteen work from home that you think will now become permanent parts of your program, I know for us we're you know this work from home is a is is almost a full one eighty in terms of work flexibility that penn state wasn 't really willing to extend to staff members prior to the pandemic uh, and now a lot of us can 't imagine a a workplace that doesn 't have increased flexibility. What are some of the things that you 're thinking about both? you know internally as you look at your team and and externally as you look to engage your alumni that covid-19 has taught you all
1: it's a great question i think it you know certainly internally like you the flexibility piece is huge for us and and we've had a a big test drive here with the last um you know 9 10 months in terms of how it's gone for us and in fact we've had a staff member that has decided to permanently relocate uh, about 2 hours away um and we probably would have last lost that staff member um, in a normal time because they would just decide they're going to move back to St. Louis and, and didn't want to live in Columbia or going to move on. And so we wouldn't have an opportunity. And now we were able to retain that individual who's a very talented staff member. And so I think what it's opened up for me is the opportunity that, you know, now our talent isn't necessarily have to be based in Columbia from a staff perspective. We may have folks that really could live and work uh, a lot of different places and we'll have to continue to work through that, get better at managing through that. That's a different talent. Um, I think also internally is that some of the things we want to take advantage of going forward, we weren't built for uh, before we went to this. So some of the technology, uh, some of the video work, some of the things that we have leaned on heavily or had partners to lean on, we either have to provide um, uh, more training and uh, professional development opportunities for our current staff, uh, add staff in the future that are really good in that area, partner with someone else who's good in that area, Uh, we just have to think through that uh, at some point. And we're not a hundred percent there, but that's something that we're starting to talk about uh, more and more as we, this is going to live on from an alumni engagement perspective. uh, I would, you know, we're really excited about the virtual channel this turns on for us. Um, I think that a lot of times, whether it's just programming as a, as a whole and, or, um, you know, we were, one of the limiting beliefs we might always had was you had to be able to gather together to have an event or an activity. And, you never were going to be able to pull people together, you know, via Zoom or whatever it may be. And that's just obviously not true anymore. And so um, we're, we're starting to think more about that um, from a board perspective. I think there's some real opportunities there from we've had a lot of um, kind of what I would call task force sprint opportunities with different things we want to take care of. Uh, for our alumni association that we really just never really ever get to. But in this environment, we can pull, you know, five or six alumni from really all across the state or the country together for quick uh, task force meetings to get some things done faster than in the, in the past. We would just say, well, if we can't pull them together, we can't do it. And so we'd have to be limited by that. So it has freed up our minds from that perspective a little bit. And we're excited about that going forward. Uh, and I think the other thing, too, is, it gave us a chance to look at our metrics and we were very traditional metric wise. We just came out of a campaign with our university. And so a lot of different things that we did, people all do before, but we really studied the new case engagement metrics and have kind of bought into that. And the the, the depth and the breadth of those is a little different than what they, what we used to measure. And so we have established a new metric um, dashboard that incorporates a lot of those experiential communication, obviously, philanthropic, uh, opportunities. And, and, uh, that's really helped us, I think, think more broadly about our engagement as a whole. So we've tried to really use this time to, to get better. Um, but those are a few things that, that strike me as opportunities.
0: Todd, I want to shift gears for a minute. I mean, none of us like to face crisis at our institutions and like to face those kind of challenges. But as I think back over the past several years, uh, unfortunately, you and the University of Missouri have had to face some crisis. Can you talk us through about the conversations that you were having with your alumni population through uh, the various leadership turnovers that you all have, um, unfortunately, had to endure?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it was something that uh, it was a, we learned a lot as we went through uh, the, the situation happening on campus back in 2015 with some uh, some big discussions around race. Um, and frankly, that's probably a conversation that could have happened on any campus. It just was something here that due to a lot of circumstances blew up. Um, not many of my colleagues have been through, a, a day where they have lost a chancellor and a president and I've been on the national news for what seemed like a couple weeks at a time. Uh, I think the biggest thing was for us to really step into that void with our alumni, especially and try to one, um, be available to have conversations and communicate back with those individuals. Um, You know, that was uh, people were getting news from all over the place and hearing different stories. And, you know, some were true, but a a lot of them weren't true. And so we were trying to set the record straight from that perspective. At the same time, we were trying to share uh, meaningful alumni feedback uh, with our administration here on campus. Uh, Sometimes alumni can be. Uh, a forgotten constituency on a campus when you're dealing with faculty, staff, students, you know, and everyone here in local community. And so it was up to us to make sure that alumni were part of that conversation uh, through our board and then certainly through the feedback we were getting. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't, I can't tell you at first, it was really a um, uh, complicated effort. Uh, frankly, we, 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 we talked a lot about just trying to Respond and preserve relationships with our alumni who were concerned, obviously, with what they're reading or hearing. Uh, we had opinions all over the map, and our job was to simply be truth tellers, fact collectors, and uh, provide that information the best we could. So, it, it certainly was tough for everyone involved. If you love this place, like a lot of our staff and a lot of our volunteers do, uh, it was a trying time. But you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm proud of the work that our group did. Um, I, I think that we help both the university and our alumni base, uh, move forward and, and hopefully heal, but at the same time, you know, learn from everything we went through here on campus. And, uh, those conversations didn't end by any means. They just got to a place where I think that hopefully we can make Mizzou a better place and, and hopefully other universities in higher education were able to learn from some of the things that we, we went through here. So, um, definitely something you don't, uh, there was an instruction manual in the desk that I could pull out and. And go through, uh, I know Penn State went through something, you know, crisis of their own. At, at, and I remember talking to your, your predecessor about that when that happened. And so uh, it, it's a difficult time for an alumni association, but a very important time to be able to share and be a conduit of information both ways.
0: Boy, if there was only a playbook, right? No, no two crises are built exactly the same, right? They're, they're always, they're always nuanced. They're always have uh, institutional history tied to them. You know, as I was listening to you respond, it struck me that you were probably having uh, some of these conversations uh, around um, racial inequities and social justice uh, a number of years before the most recent round uh, of those conversations have actually uh, hit higher education and, and hit our nation, really uh in in a way that that seems different than in the past. It, these conversations have seemed more enduring and and more permanent uh with the uh with the unfortunate murder of of George Floyd this summer and Brianna Taylor and and the uprisings and and protests around social justice. Uh can you can you share a little bit of insight on how uh, your program or how your institution has has shifted a bit uh to be uh, more inclusive uh, to be more uh, aware of the injustices uh, around the organizations that we run.
1: Yeah, I think that the the biggest thing for us is that some of the structures we were able to put in place here on campus, um, you know, in terms of we didn't, you know, we went from kind of zero to having a, a full fledged division of inclusion, uh, diversity and equity, you know, sort of overnight. And they had a little, little time to kind of ramp up, but that was a huge place for us to have and, and help conduct some of those conversations on campus. Right. It, it was, it was a, a way for us to be able to communicate really, especially on campus. And, and, and we, we did our best to try to extend that into the alumni community. Um, you know, we, we had a, a an opportunity. I remember, uh, the morning of the, um, the situation where our president and chancellor resigned. Uh, I was at at swim practice with my daughter very early in the morning. I got open up my email and I had a a signed petition from about 600 uh, of our African-American alumni who wanted to restart a black alumni network. It wasn't anything that we killed. It was just something that from a volunteer perspective had kind of fallen into a place where they needed some new blood. And so, you know, of course, anytime you're an alumni director and you have 600 people wanting to start a group, you're, you're pretty excited. So that was a very positive thing that came out of a difficult time and and that Mizzou black alumni network continues today and has continued to spawn some outstanding alumni leaders and, and folks that have, um, have helped and, and, uh, this campus and certainly our alumni association, you know, we, we've had a, a standing committee of our board, uh, diversity and and uh, in, inclusion and diversity committee for many, many years. And it's only got stronger through that process. So so we're not perfect. There's definitely things we can get better at for sure. Um, but I was telling another colleague uh, just this week that I thought one of the big things that came out of the situation we went through is that we going through that process on campus from a leadership perspective, but I just think as a human perspective, um, you know, I know I can speak for myself, but I think a lot of people, we just learned to listen a lot better um, going through that process and not so be easy, so quick to judge, to listen, to, you know, think about people and and spend a little time in their shoes. And I think that's really helped our university. I think it's made it a better environment for our students, but certainly our alums to be involved with. And so, Um, You know, that's a that's a big culture change from maybe where we were at before. And we never really um, we always got diversity right, Paul, from what I saw happen on our campus with our students. We brought a lot. We brought a very diverse student mix to central Missouri, which is not the most diverse place in the world. But we really missed on the inclusion piece. And I think that's still where we are as a country at times for sure. And the, of course, you, then you add the equity piece, and that's a whole different conversation as well. And so uh, we've just had to get a lot better at that. And, and, and that process helped us through it, even though it was a painful process.
0: Todd, here on the Alumni Trending Podcast, we have a tradition to give our guests the final word on the profession. So where do you see us trending in higher education and advancement?
1: Yeah, if I had to think about a, a trend, this probably won't surprise you. Um, there's a lot that you could choose from, but I think the, the word that comes up to me is disruption. And um, a lot of things have been disrupted over the last uh, nine, 10 months. There's no doubt about it, including higher education, including alumni relations, advancement as a whole. And, and while it can be upsetting, it can be a little uh, nerve wracking. I think it's, it's, it's certainly an opportunity for you to lean into, that opportunity from a disruption standpoint. And there's a ton of great discoveries that can come out of that. And so um, you know, it's hard work. There's no doubt about it. But I think going through something like this uh, for us. And what's funny is with this, Paul, sometimes it's easier to look at other industries and look at the disruption that this has caused them and see, oh, well, that's made this industry better because of X, Y, and Z. And you you can almost tell it right off the bat as a consumer. Sometimes it's harder for us because we're on the inside and we're trying to you know, tweak things and play with things to really see what those will be. But um, I really feel like that, um, you know, this will make us better as alumni relations professionals and alumni associations, both serving our alums and serving our universities. And we've got to lean into it. We can't run from it. We just can't hope to get back to normal. I think that um, we have to uh, we have to do our best to try to do what's right for our universities and and, and try to serve our alums the best way we can. So disruption is kind of the word that I've been playing with a lot lately. And um, hopefully uh, uh, we're going to use that to make our association better. And I know a lot of my colleagues around the country are doing the same.
0: Todd, thanks for joining me on the alumni trending podcast.
1: My pleasure, Paul. Take care, sir.
0: I'm John Fudo, Vice Chancellor for University Advancement at UMass Lowell, and I'm staying on trend by listening to the Alumni Trending Podcast. There you go, Trendsetters, another episode of Alumni Trending. If you are enjoying the Alumni Trending Podcast, make sure you go out to iTunes or your podcast app of choice and give us a rating and drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you. Drop me an email at paul.clifford at alumni trending.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in and keep trending.